Sapphire. Chapter 2 When the 12A bus turned off the motorway and entered the city of Bern, Natasha was dismayed to find that the rain was just as unrelenting here. However, the gaps of light cutting through the ominous rain clouds offered some hope for tonight. Upon exiting the bus, Natasha and Fiona entered Buscan Bus Centre, where they located their friend waiting by the coffee stand. Rebecca was draped in a bright purple raincoat and wore a luminous yellow scarf. She had a takeaway cup of coffee in one hand and an apple in the other. Her hair was long, wavy, and a shade of red even deeper than her apple. She was always so bright. In that way, she and Natasha were aesthetic opposites. Natasha had gone through a brief gothic stage back in school, and even though she'd grown out of the music, she still preferred darker clothing. That rain is just the worst, isn't it? Rebecca said. It's awful, Natasha said. Just won't let up at all, Fiona said. So typical. It won't stop us from having fun, though. How was your trip? The worst, Natasha said. So slow, Fiona added. But we're happy to see you, Natasha said. Yeah, it's been far too long, Fiona said. I know, right? Well, we'll have to make up for it today. No more dallying. Lots to be about. With pleasantries exchanged, they wandered into the street and hopped into the taxi parked outside. It drove them to the city centre. Admittedly, the world's best pancakes were delicious. They were light and fluffy, coated in maple syrup and cashew cream, and decorated in an assortment of strawberries, blueberries and raspberries. The world's best burrito was a disappointment in comparison. It was much too greasy and spicy for Natasha's taste and left them all feeling quite bloated afterwards. Luckily, they had plenty of opportunities to work off their food as they explored Shayside Shopping Centre, which was at least three times as big as St. Maria's Shopping Centre in Figley. At first, Natasha was overwhelmed by the sheer variety of shops, but eventually she found new favourites. After that, they visited the outdoor market situated next to the train station, where there were hundreds of stalls, selling all sorts of items. Natasha took particular interest in the stall selling vinyls and the one selling plant-based hygiene products. Finally, they ended up in India Street, which was Fiona's favourite spot in all of Bern. They felt hungry again, so picked up several portions of samosas. As they sat at a table, under an awning, protected from the drizzle, Natasha reflected on her purchases. She picked up a ripped denim coat, a nice woolly jumper, half a dozen bath bombs, a toy for their husky Frodo, and a collection of dinosaurs for Ben. It's almost five, Fiona announced. Wow, the hours really flew by, didn't they? Natasha said. We'd better get back to the student village, Rebecca said. Yeah, we'll want to get some pre-drinks in before the main event, Fiona said. Exactly, Rebecca said. I don't even want to think about how much drinks will cost in the club itself. They paid a visit to an off-license, picked up drinks, then took a taxi to Muse. It was the largest of the free student villages in Bern, only a mile away from the university and free from the city centre. As they passed by the rows of identical streets containing identical buildings, it reminded Natasha creepily of some isolated cult, like from the Wicker Man. But that was perhaps an unfair thought to have, considering this was meant to be a safe space for the first-year students to integrate before entering the Wild West. That was the name commonly used for the crazy student streets in West Bern. Every street appeared to be named after a tree. Rebecca directed the taxi man to Cedar Street. 
Once there, they split the fair freeways, then exited the car and entered the block. They climbed to the fourth floor, passed through the common area, then Rebecca swiped them into her private space. They spent a while in there, applying their makeup and getting dressed up. Rebecca donned a sunny orange dress, while Fiona went for a lovely purple crop top and a black skirt. Natasha kept things simple, wearing a navy blouse and the same pair of jeans she'd worn all day. Rebecca tried to coerce her into loaning one of her yellow, floral dresses, but Natasha knew she'd be uncomfortable in something like that. Okay, if you say so, Rebecca said. When they were finally ready, they returned to the common area and parked themselves down on the double sofa in front of the TV. They took turns passing the remote around and queuing up songs as the other fourth floor residents passed in and out. One of them was a very attractive, muscular Spanish boy with sleeve tattoos and long hair. He introduced himself as David. Gotten into his pants yet? Fiona asked after he left. Not yet, Rebecca said. He's still a work in progress. Wonder if he's up for having a few drinks, Natasha said. Good luck. He's painfully shy, Rebecca said. Never seen him drink either. And on that note, they started tucking into their own drinks. Fiona kept things relatively simple by her standards, by drinking a mix of coconut rum and pineapple juice, while Rebecca stuck with her ever-reliable mix of Diet Coke and vodka. Natasha opted for something quite different, going for a variety pack of Harlem Cider. Variety packs were always a safe bet. Usually, they gave a satisfying taste of something you loved, and if you hated any of the flavours, at least you could move on after it. As she made her way through them, she reflected that the cloudy apple was probably her favourite so far, though the kiwi and lime ran it close. Okay, Rebecca said. Her cheeks were already becoming flush with a red drunken glow. I want to hear everything. How has life in Figley been since I left? Fiona informed her how her catering course was going, the one she took through Figley Community College. She described many of the mouth-watering dishes she'd made over the year. Then, she spoke on how Robert had just bought a new car, and now they were seeking to get their own place along Shepherd's Drive. Shepherd's Drive, eh? Rebecca said. Swanky. Especially for their first place together, Natasha said. Oh, it's a gorgeous neighbourhood, Fiona said. And what about the house? Rebecca asked. Four bedrooms, massive living room and kitchen, dining room and a big garage. But the best of all is the back garden. Big, is it? Plenty of room for our future dogs. I'm so happy to hear you're doing so well. Rebecca beamed her approval, then turned her attention to Natasha. And what about you, sweetie? Um, there isn't much to tell, to be honest. It's been a bit of a quiet year. Oh, not studying anything yet? Natasha shook her head, still working at Coco Express. Well, don't you worry about that. Rebecca pursed her lips in a rather pitying way. You are so talented, so I just know you'll get something amazing soon. Actually, I really like it there. I mean, it's busy during the lunchtime rush, and sometimes customers can be horrible when things are stressful. But 99% of the time, it's easy money. I'm happy and I love the people I work with. That's really important, Fiona said. You're so good at keeping a positive attitude, Rebecca said. That's what I love about you. Thanks, Natasha said hesitantly. What about the love life? Are you still single? This question surprised Fiona as much as it did Natasha, judging by how interested she suddenly became in ensuring her cocktail was correctly stirred. After the Peter incident, there had been a lot of drama between Rebecca and Natasha, but they'd eventually come to an agreement that it was best to try and remain friends. 
but were they really in a place to have these conversations yet? It had been over a year now, but to Natasha, the wounds were still fresh. Though, she had been working on mindfulness a lot recently and trying to come to terms with her emotions, so she decided she could handle it. I've tried a few boys off dating apps and a few Fiona set me up with, but nothing ever worked out. Some were rude, some were lovely, and some were in between, but there was always some reason that things didn't continue. I'm so sorry, Nat. I had no idea Johnny was such an ass, Fiona said, remarking on perhaps the worst date of them all. That's okay, I still love you. Well, don't worry, you'll find someone soon, Rebecca said. Natasha took a small swig of cider, then gave the most prim smile she could possibly muster. Actually, I think I'm okay with being single right now. It gives me an opportunity to work on myself. Rebecca twisted her head and wore an expression like this was the most absurd concept she'd ever heard. She tried to make eye contact with Fiona to share her exasperation, but Fiona had already averted her gaze to a new direction. To each their own, I suppose, Rebecca shrugged. Indeed, Natasha said. There was an awkward pause. How about a game of kings? Fiona announced, almost standing. Everyone was on board. It was their favourite drinking game, after all. It could be deadly, even when played with a big number, and those effects were only magnified by a smaller group. They played for about an hour, and it managed to strip away any tension caused by the previous conversation. After Rebecca broke the rules for the hundredth time, she was forced to finish the last of her double vodka and coke. She was in the process of pouring her next one when she said, It's so sad about that girl, isn't it? Natasha glanced at Fiona, but saw she was equally lost as to what their friend was referring to. You don't know? Rebecca said, abruptly halting her pouring. But it's been all over the news. I haven't heard anything, Fiona said. Me neither, Natasha said. Whatever had happened clearly hadn't been wildly reported in Figley yet, because if there had been a tragic incident with a girl, Natasha's dad would never have allowed her to set foot on the 12A bus had he caught wind of it. Her name was Samantha Cooley, I think. Do you know her? Natasha asked. Rebecca shook her head. She didn't go to the University of Bern. It said she was a student of St. Ronan's College, only in her first year too. What happened to her? Fiona asked. Nobody knows yet. She hasn't been seen in over a week. Oh my God, Natasha said. There have been loads of search parties and pages created across social media. This caused Fiona and Natasha to gaze at each other, communicating in that unspoken, telepathic way that siblings and childhood friends know best. Likely, they were thinking the same thing, that it would have been nice to know about this before they got on the bus. But Rebecca, able to pick up on their concerns, either based on their expressions or silences, added, Oh, don't worry. It happened in this shady bar in East Burn. We'll be on the complete opposite side of the city, and there will be hundreds of people about. Nowhere will be safer than Sapphire tonight.'